Welcome to The Plastic Surgeon and I. When it comes to accessing gender-affirming procedures, Australia trails other developed countries like the UK and the US. And there are calls for change. Hello, I'm Chris Ashmore. The Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons, or ASPS, would like to see things improve, including giving those with gender incongruence and gender dysphoria easier access to services. The president of ASPS, Associate Professor Nicola Dean, discusses the current process in Australia for those seeking solutions to gender-affirming surgery, including referral options. First, some clarification. I ask Associate Professor Dean if she could explain the difference between gender dysphoria and gender incongruence. Gender incongruence is the terminology that most people use for the kind of innate state nowadays. So what that means is that people identify with a gender that's not the same as the gender that they were assigned at birth. Gender dysphoria is a term that means the distress associated with gender incongruence and undoubtedly people have severe distress associated with gender incongruence but not in every case and not every person who is trans has severe gender dysphoria. Uh, So with modern terminology and thinking what's important is to see the gender incongruent person rather than uh, focusing completely on their level of gender dysphoria. Does everyone who has gender incongruence want surgery? Uh, No, they don't. And in fact, what's really important is to really take the time to understand the goals of care of the individual with gender incongruence. Some people with gender incongruence decide they just want to have social affirmation, which is to do with the way that they present to the world and their clothing and their hair and the the way that they interact and perhaps things like their pronouns and the way that they identify, whereas other people seek medical treatment and that can either be in the form of hormones or surgery. So it's certainly not a one-size-fits-all And uh, how is gender-affirming surgery classified? For instance, does it all fit into male to female and female to male or is it described differently? Look, I think that's another area that's really changing. So sort of in the early days of gender-affirming surgery, it was assumed that people wanted to uh, switch from being in, a, say, a female body to being in a, a body that looks completely male or uh, vice versa. But now there's a more sophisticated understanding of gender identity and gender incongruence. And probably about 20% of people who are gender incongruent are what they call non-binary. And so thoughts are changing. And again, it's to do with having patient-centered care where you discuss the goals of that individual person with gender incongruence in terms of what surgical goals they have. And so that's a real change in mindset over the last few years. Is there really an issue with access for these surgical procedures in Australia? And why do you think this is important? 
Look, I think that actually in Australia we're we're really behind the eight ball in terms of access for surgery. In Europe and in North America, they've had much better access for gender-affirming surgery in the last few years. In Australia, there are people providing gender-affirming surgeries and certainly what they call top surgery or, or chest surgery is available, but it tends to be in private practice. You're not necessarily able to get an MBS item number for every surgery And there's really not a lot of transparency about it. And certainly for those people who can't afford private health care, the public hospital system does not generally provide a lot of gender-affirming top surgery or genital surgery. And in some jurisdictions in Australia, there are actually exclusions or bans on providing gender-affirming surgery. So so I really think that has to change. There's a, there's a really big population that have a, a genuine unmet need. Well, you mentioned some of them there, but uh, what types of gender-affirming surgeries are there? It's often sort of divided into what lay people tend to call top surgery and bottom surgery. The top surgery is things like mastectomy, which is a a masculinizing procedure. And then there's genital surgery, such as phalloplasty or vaginal reconstruction. But as well as those surgeries, what we are finding is equally important to people with gender incongruence is surgery to the face. So facial feminization surgery or masculinizing facial surgery. And those surgeries are equally important. And in fact, studies have shown that they can significantly impact and improve people's quality of life. In Australia, is it only plastic surgeons that perform these kinds of surgeries or are there other specialties that can do this? Often gender-affirming surgeries are multidisciplinary surgeries. So for genital reconstruction, usually there are others that that may be involved, such as urologists or gynecologists. And with other surgeries, sometimes general surgeons with a breast interest or for the facial surgeries, there might be ENT surgeons involved. So it's often multiple specialties that are involved, but plastic surgeons are often leading the way and, and doing a significant proportion of this kind of surgery. Now, for an adult seeking gender-affirming surgery in Australia, what's the process? At the moment, the process is pretty ad hoc. Most people start by talking to their GP, and I think that actually that's a really good starting point. General practitioners have a very broad understanding of health and and what people's health needs are, and I think talking to a general practitioner is always a good starting point. Quite often, sexual health physicians in Australia are involved in managing conditions associated with gender incongruence and also involved in in hormone prescribing. But again, there are sometimes specialist GPs that are involved in that. In terms of referral for surgery, there are some plastic surgeons in Australia that provide some gender-affirming Uh, surgeries, particularly top surgeries, and a referral from 
a general practitioner or a sexual health physician is often the first route. And psychiatry and psychology are also often involved. So the GP may refer the patient to a a psychiatrist first and then on to a surgeon. Um, But those things are really up for review and up for discussion at this time when we're looking at these things. Mm. Well, compared to the rest of the world, where does Australia sit with in terms of providing these services to patients? I think we're, we're behind. We don't have a lot of services available to people who have gender incongruence and particularly for those who are not well off. And I think that until now, the Federal Department of Health and each state Department of Health have not really engaged in discussing this area of unmet need. I think that there are changes afoot and that the Department of Health nationally is starting to become interested in in rebalancing this inequity. Well, anyone listening to this who perhaps is uh, on their own journey or have loved ones that are proceeding on their own journey, are there any resources you can recommend for further research? Yes, so OSPATH is a very good starting point. So there's an organisation called OSPATH which has information for uh, health practitioners and people with gender incongruence. So that's an organisation that's Australia-wide and each state has its own organisations for supporting people. So in New South Wales, ACON is a very good organisation where you can find some resources. That was Associate Professor Nicola Dean. The Plastic Surgeon and I is proudly brought to you by ASPS, the Australian Society of Plastic Surgeons. For more information, please visit plasticsurgery.org.au. I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening.